Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Gobeski Wallace Report. My name is Charlie Wallace. I'm Adam Gobeski, and we have with us three fully risen guests. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, all right. I'm not nearly that excited about this podcast. Sorry, that's that's not accurate. Uh, Let's just slap the NSFW tag on this one right now. (laughs) (laughs) And we have three Star Warsable guests. We have Paul Wilcox. It's great to be here. Alex Clark. Yeah, I'm I'm fully aroused. (laughs) (laughs) Based on the conversation we had earlier. Right, I know, I know. And uh, and Doug Gobeski? Am I reading I this right? <laughs> I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> Still haven't seen that movie. It's fine. Hell, I hadn't seen the Star Wars movie until this morning. So, yes, we forced Alex to see it. Yeah. Oh wow! So oh, I, uh, fresh for you. Yeah, I, I like. I was almost fully intended to not watch it. So wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, 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 I just cajoled him. I completely wasted two and a half hours this morning. So, oh. uh, I I could have done anything else. Uh, I guess we should maybe describe what we're talking about. <laughs> we're talking about Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. Allegedly, the final movie in the Skywalker saga. This movie stars. Well, it doesn't star, but it features uh, one Dennis Skywalker who is first in line to the Skywalker throne. But uh, in order to get there, he has to... Who the hell even knows anymore? Like, they all blend together. Anything could have happened in this movie. You're welcome, America. (laughs) (laughs) I'm surprised there was no one named Dennis in this movie. (laughs) I mean, Dennis Lawson's in it. Is that Wedge? Yeah. Oh. Wedge was in it? Yeah, he was, yeah. Which prompted my mom to ask, should I know who that is? <laughs> and then he slapped her. <laughs> oh, so that scene doesn't even trigger to me where that person was. And I watched it today. So it's good to know. He's one of the pilots in the last battle. Yeah. <laughs> He's slightly older the looking than they him? might have normally had a pilot be in the rest All of the right. movies, which might trigger you to think, like, should I know this person? Oh, No, they did not Akbar him, although apparently there is debate about whether or not they Akbar'd Neen Noonb. That was a story going around the internet today. Lando's little buddy? Is that depending on who you talk to, he's either alive or dead at the end of the movie. (laughs) What? (laughs) Sort of a Schrodinger's cat situation. (laughs) Apparently a spinoff writer who has a novel coming out says that he's dead and is like, Watch the movie. He clearly dies. And the actor's like, what? No, I'm totally alive. I made it to the end of the movie. You can see my ship at the end. So I guess we should just start with what were your expectations going into this movie? If you had any. I'm sure you can clearly tell I was thrilled to see it. (laughs) I was first first in line at the box office. I mean, uh, uh, Pirate Bay. To get them, <laughs> <laughs> I expected it to be okay. I I didn't really know anything about it other than that it uh, didn't get great reviews. So I went in with a um, defiantly uncritical mindset on my first viewing. So it became defiantly <laughs> critical on subsequent viewings. I, 
uh, well, without you know going too deep into it, I did see it twice, and uh, I scrutinized it a little more the second time for sure. Uh, I know my expectations weren't high, partly because yeah, like reviews were kind of split, but also like I just remembered like it got to like December tenth or something, eleventh, and it was like, oh yeah, I guess there is a Star Wars movie almost out, huh? It's almost like the culture had become so saturated with Star Wars just since like 2015 or whatever that it was just like, oh, yeah, I guess there actually is product supporting all the toys available. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So did you did you play the uh, Fortnite uh, tie in to get ready? I know. I I obviously did. (laughs) Lightsabers were busted. <laughs> you actually play Fortnite though, so you may have. Yeah, no, yeah, I did. I definitely did. I did okay. So were lightsabers actually busted? Yeah, they were they were very good. I think there's ways to play against them, but like that many people knew how to properly do that. So you could just maul through the buildings and the players with them. It was fun. Dash okay. <laughs> buttons and win. So I was not able to go see it right away. I had heard critical reception was not good in fact i saw some of the early twitter i just happened to be on twitter like right as the initial reactions were coming well, through that was before your first mistake i know yeah. before people <laughs> could put up twitter. reviews who, so everyone shows up on twitter <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, you know my life isn't depressing yet i don't hate myself enough today <laughs> why don't i hop on twitter for a couple of minutes <laughs> Boy, you guys don't use twitter the same way i do <laughs> Uh, you gotta finely tune and curate your twitter to spark joy yeah. it can be done with great effort twitter. and never clicking continue thread i use twitter almost exclusively to promote the podcast <laughs> every two weeks i post a link but i did manage to avoid spoilers for the couple of weeks it took before i was able to see it and i think i was like paul where just based on what i had read I kind of I expected not to like it. So I was like, well, I got to go into this movie with a better mindset than that. So I kind of turned that off for a minute. Like, not that I wasn't going to be critical of it, but I didn't want to like expect to hate it going in. I feel like you expect to hate all movies going into them, though. Isn't that just your modus operandi? Hate it until it proves me wrong. <laughs> That's what it feels like. So Star Wars, Doug, did you talk yet? No, I did not. Um... So I made sure, starting probably a week or two before the movie came out, to mute any sort of Star Wars-related term in Twitter uh, so that I wouldn't you know, inadvertently get any spoilers. As a result, uh, I didn't really know what to expect other than that uh, audiences were not thrilled with the movie. Some audiences so, were, apparently. Uh, okay, well, they didn't have articles that I uh, came across the headlines of written about them. That's fair. Yeah, so I I pretty much just was like, okay, there's a new Star Wars movie coming out around Christmas time. I always go to the movies with my mom and go see whatever new franchise film like Fantastic Beasts or Star Wars is out. So I'm going to go see it anyway. So what did you think about the opening crawl? Right away, we know that Emperor Palpatine is not dead. Hated it. Hated it. I would rather hear about trade negotiations. Snoke died for this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I guess with the sort of with Snoke's death in the last one, you kind of expected there to be somebody else behind it. But hey, hey who directed this movie again? Just a check on that. 
J.J. Abrams. Oh, J.J. Abrams. That's why people just came back from nowhere. I understand. All right. Sorry. <laughs> well, to, to be fair, he only co-wrote the script. Oh, all right. All right. With Chris Terrio, who also co-wrote Batman versus Superman and Justice League. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of a DC fan, and uh, yeah, that does not instill confidence. I continue, Charlie, after the scroll. What happened next? <laughs> I thought the scroll was fine. I hated it. Charlie said something about, uh, you know, oh, there has to be someone behind it. And it's like, no, no, there doesn't. Kylo Ren is the new supreme leader. You know, we can just sweep all the Snoke stuff under the rug if we care. And we can tell a new story. Hey, here's Darth Plagius the Wise. Where's he at? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it, it, really, it really bothered me how they just... They casually are like, oh, by the way, Palpatine's back. It's like, were you going to explain that? No, no, not going to. That's what the crawl is for, though. It, like, sets the stage, you know? You, you can but, just walk in and, and watch that crawl and, you know, like when, like in, uh, you know, the in Episode 7, it's like, oh, the First Order. How did they get here? Uh, who knows? But it's in the crawl, so I trust it. I'm not sure that Episode Seven's a great counter-argument. <laughs> Eh, yeah, but I mean, you know, it all, yeah, you have to start somewhere. <laughs> but the crawl's a good way to get past exposition that's not interesting. I mean, wouldn't it be yeah, interesting like to, like, negotiations. yeah, to figure out how the Emperor came back? Or at least I'm interested yeah, now in any explanation. It just seems like such a huge event. For someone who has not come up at all in the previous two movies, <laughs> right. like, not even mentioned, I think. So the crawl is supposed to get rid of things that are uninteresting, like the entire previous movie. <laughs> <laughs> Last time on Star Wars, you re- will recall all of these things happened. Those don't matter anymore. Yeah, like we got uh, Supreme Leader Kylo Ren. That's about it. <laughs> you know, just just some confirmation that, yeah, he's he killed the old head guy and he's the new head guy. Okay, so there's a Sith planet and you can only find the Sith planet by using... This device, of which there's only two in the world, and Kylo Ren has one of them, and the other one is somewhere. He gets it through by murdering lots and lots of people in the dramatic opening scene. Oh yeah, I mean, I was actually actually was kind of that was cool. Like that was that was that was pretty cool. Before he picks up the Sith holocron, is that what the MacGuffin was called? That's what it's called in the EU. I have no idea what it's called anymore. (laughs) Yeah, that's some other word like waypoint, wayfinder. That sounds right. Yeah, all I know is that for the first probably 45 minutes to an hour of this movie, like I actively hated it for the most part. I was just like, this is terrible. It's really poorly paced. I don't care about any of these characters right now. You're just introducing stuff without explaining it like at all. It felt like J.J. Abrams and or Chris Terrio, whoever, you know, was actually doing the story, right? When given the stuff that last Jedi ended with basically said, I don't like any of that. So I'm going to essentially throw it all out and then give you like the condensed version of what I think episode eight should have been. And that's essentially just, Oh, yet another quest (laughs) storyline. Yeah. I, that's exactly how I felt, especially about the first 30, 45 minutes in the movie. It was tiring. Almost the editing and the jumping around and, trying to get through so much plot that wouldn't be necessary if they would have just 
picked up the baton from the last movie instead of throwing it to the ground and starting a completely new race. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Plot? You actually identified plot in that section? <laughs> like, kind of I like actually, anti-plot, I guess. Like, oh, I agree no. with most of Adam's complaints with the exception that I wasn't hating it because I, I'm generally entertained by spectacle, but there was no overarching sense of what we were trying to do. It was just, oh, we're doing this now. Now we're doing this in this other location. Now we're doing something else in a different location. And it all happened in the span of eight hours. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it wasn't like, you know, oh, we've been on four planets today. <laughs> like, what the hell? Like, I, oh, my God. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> it also annoyed me that it was like, any time when the movie slowed down a bit, it felt like, oh, we're just going to remake the parts of New Hope that we didn't get to in Force Awakens. Like when they're in like the they have to go like into the big Star Destroyer to free Chewbacca or whatever. Right. <laughs> like I was like, oh, so we're just going to do the Death Star infiltration. OK, great. Uh, oh, wait, but Chewie died on that transport. There wasn't a chance he died. The same, there's the same chance that Chewie died on that transport as Poe died in that ship in the seven episode seven. That, that is literally the thought I had watching the movie. I was Which like, was exactly zero. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was like, oh, oh my, my gosh, she's, she's killed Chewie. That might actually be an interesting choice. So clearly they haven't done it. And yep, no, they haven't. Okay. <laughs> and they didn't do it. Yeah. Oh my god. And and then and just like the amount of like foreshadowing in the first like forty five minutes of things that are going to happen in the future. I, I just think foreshadowing is one of the absolute worst plot devices in any story. When you see a scene in the future, if you just remember what happened an hour ago, it's like you just know the result of that scene. It, it's so frustrating when you watch films like that. Like when, rebuttal? Uh um, <laughs> I'm slightly worried you're going to turn into like the only fan of this movie. Yeah, it's 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 tough to speak up when you're just so uh, vehemently outnumbered. But uh, I guess more all I can really say to defend this the first stretch of it is that I am also entertained by spectacle. You know, yeah, when the ship blew up, I was like, Chewie's not dead. They didn't show a burning like Wookie corpse. So <laughs> 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 like. So, you know, and I was fine with that. You know, I was like, well, you know. Was... I mean, he could have been thrown down a shaft. He might not even be dead. They, they tried to give us some stakes and show the Palpatine in her, you know, and it, it was, you know, it didn't have to take Chewie to do that. I mean, actually, sorry, I'm going to dog pile some more. But one of the things that bothered me, right, is like, we all know Chewie's dead, but then they're just like, oh, yeah, see, here's Chewie, right? Like, they couldn't even pretend to build suspense. Right. I'm just, like, yeah. just like, oh, like, they don't know Chewie's alive until they find the computer. What I don't remember exactly what happened, right? Something yeah, like until, until like, the, till she, like, consents him on the, or yeah. wait, no, it was, was it, be, it was before then they show him alive, oh, yeah. though, right? Yeah. Yeah, because they're they're he's just on the ship, and they just show them like taking him to be interrogated. It's like, well, he's not dead, and and they're all just oh, Chewie. What, it's what like wrong with Chewie. It's like it was almost, it was done in a way that's like almost was thin enough that makes you think like did a a very generous interpretation would be like, well, we were never we were never really meant to believe that Chewie died. <laughs> because this is more just a tragedy of this is a Romeo and Juliet situation. You know, they're all gonna go like kill themselves be because Chewie's gone or whatever. 
But isn't that almost like contempt for the audience, right? Where you're just like, <laughs> we don't even think that you'll be fooled by this for a minute, so we're not even going to try. To be fair, I have literally heard real people say that they were convinced. So it's well, no, but audience, I, mean, uh, I mean, we could have been they could have attempted to convince us much longer, right? Instead of just casually like revealing Chewie is still alive in the hands of the Imperials, right? Yeah, like if, if even like a half hour went by, and I'm not sure exactly how long it was, but it, it was like it felt like minutes. Yeah, it's or, like, you know, even like a little more time went by, then maybe I could second guess my oh, he totally is alive, and there's or no Chewie could just show up and help them with the escape from the Star Destroyer. You know what I mean? Oh, it turns out he wasn't dead. He makes some, you know, right when they're about to get captured, you see the bowcaster shoot and hit something. You know what I mean? Like yeah. twenty minutes later, and oh, he wasn't dead. You know, like what the hell? Like ah, oh, just. It's almost like focus group audiences had too many crying children, so they had to insert a scene showing you that he's still alive, you know, <laughs> like like two minutes after he dies, or however short it was. Yeah, I wonder if there's just like an hour-long deleted scene in there. Well, <laughs> I don't know how many of you have heard the rumors of the J.J. Abrams cut that was floating around the internet. <laughs> Uh, week or two something about it being like three or four hours long something about being three or four hours long there was all sorts of studio tampering this was all based on you know quote-unquote unnamed sources so (laughs) so there's clearly like a good 90 minutes in the abrams cut where chewy is confirmed dead and then he comes back yeah put up a little gravestone for chewy yeah (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I had heard of a lot of what was cut was the explanation of how Palpatine was alive. Like, mm. and that just got cut. <laughs> just put it so in something the, you would care about. Yeah. 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 Well, I heard that they, a lot of the, so jumping way ahead, but like the cameos at the end, like the voice cameos and stuff, allegedly were originally like in picture force ghost cameos. All right. Like allegedly, like they got Hayden Christensen on in camera rather than just in a voice in a studio. Uh, to do the voiceover allegedly again i assume this is not true but i mean i'm willing to bet there was studio interference i'm equally willing to bet there's no fabled jj abrams cut that's going to magically solve everything like the snyder cut will (laughs) (laughs) i still have hope on the snyder cut (laughs) well you said the guy who wrote this also wrote justice league so maybe i should put those away those hopes to rest he just must be feeling real persecuted, huh? His <laughs> movies keep getting not released. But then you talk about more things like what is it, like contempt for the audience, right? Mm-hmm. And they they make a big deal about that. There's being a mole within the first order, right? And then oh, they get gosh. the message from the mole in the first order, and then they cut to the scene where they're all sitting around the table, and the camera's just on the guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's like oh so it's him and so then when he turns around and saves them on the starter story it's like we knew that already like it wasn't like a surprise alex as a slower viewer uh i did not pick up on that yeah same so when he turned around i was just like what the heck <laughs> i was just simply upset by it like again there there were a couple like redeeming scenes i can't i can't like put on the whole movie right because the way they handled him was like pretty cool you know where there he's talking to the whatever his higher up is about how they got away and uh, the higher general just takes, pride yes and he takes one of the blasters and just shoots him and they're like well we eliminated them all yeah <laughs> yeah like <laughs> i personally have hated hux the mole 
I've hated that character in seven and eight. So when they killed him like that, I was like, finally. <laughs> hated him like you were supposed to hate him or hated him like I don't want this character to be on no, screen no. ever. I don't want this character to be on screen. Oh, okay. I was telling Doug this a bit earlier, but the guy who plays General Pride um, is Richard E. Grant, who is like a theatrically trained British actor who's been in lots of stuff, right? He was with Nolan, with Nolan I and things like that, right? But it just like put it into sharp focus why you actually want to cast like these sorts of actors in your roles instead of just all of J.J. Abrams' friends. <laughs> <laughs> because prior to this point, right, like it always felt to me like the First Order is just run by children. Right, yeah. Right, like Kylo is a, is a petulant, sulky teenager almost, right? And then you have like the general Hux guy who also seems like a different kind of sulky teenager who's, <laughs> I don't know if it's the script or if it's just, he does have that line in the current movie when like, like Finn asks him about like, why are you helping us? He's like, I don't, I'm not, I don't care if you win. I want Kylo to lose. <laughs> That's that like teenager mentality that you talk right. about. Right. But which also was like, well, wait, why does he want Kylo to lose? Yeah. Did when, did I miss something? That's Let's not explain that. Yeah, yeah. yeah did yeah. you not watch the previous movie? My memory of Last Jedi, which I have not seen since theaters, um, my memory of that was just that like Kylo was like, I'm supreme leader now, and Hux was like, okay, I guess you're supreme leader. Oh yeah, no, Hux was uh, not on board with that. He he was not excited. Okay, gotcha. All right, so that's a failing on my part, but. Regardless, my yeah. point is that having an actor of the caliber of Richard E. Grant leading the bad guys made it, it suddenly made the First Order far more interesting to me because suddenly it felt like, oh, these people actually could be a threat. Like there's actual like authority behind these people now. I didn't mind Hux actually as sort of like a transition character between like with the first and second movies onto this. Like I, I kind of like the way that worked because then, yeah, you finally get somebody who you're more concerned about right whereas i'm like we could have had richard e grant the whole time and it would have been better yeah well that's true of basically any movie right <laughs> i mean <laughs> yes but <laughs> most, most movies don't introduce richard e grant in the third act and say see what you could have been having <laughs> <laughs> i'm just picturing frozen three with richard e grant now uh dominic monaghan also shows up as a bit character, which also confused both myself and my mom. I was like, oh, he's here. He's going to be a big character, right? Or going to get more than a couple of lines. And nope. He's, I guess he claimed that he won a bet with JJ and was therefore offered a role, <laughs> a small bit role in the movie because he wanted to be in it. Who is this person you speak of? Was uh, he one of the Hobbits? He's one of the Hobbits, yeah. yeah. He's one of the Hobbits. He was Charlie on Lost, if you actually remember Which makes about sense, Lost. yeah, then why? He was the musician. Yeah, he'd know JJ. But again, this was just like, oh, J.J. Abrams just bringing his friends on, which is fine on some level, but balance. Come on. What what role is this? I don't even know. He was some 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 generic. Yeah, some generic rebel guy. Resistance. Resistance. Thank you. So, yeah, the first part of the movie, I personally was was almost approaching like Dark Phoenix levels of what the F is this S. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Spoiler alert. Uh, oh, wait, 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 wait. I still need to see that movie. Well, spoiler alert, I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> but it the movie does settle down, though, which I was happy that it that does. finally happened after, you know, that first 30, 
40 minutes. Settles into the plot of Return of the Jedi. Yeah, yep. about when they get to the planet with Carrie Russell, uh, whatever that planet's called. Yeah. Like, towards the end of that sequence, when they introduce, like, the little mechanic Baba Yaga or whatever. Babu Frick. Uh, Frick. Oh, yeah. Babu. Yeah, Babu Frick. Yeah. Part of the thing that I found odd about that, oh, that first stretch was that not only was it like, well, this is what episode eight should have been. And then also the weird sidelining of Rose, where it's like, like, I think they've made comments about saying something like, oh, well, Rose didn't really feature in the story that we wanted to tell or whatever, which I mean, I guess fine, except it feels like you're letting the worst of Star Wars fandom win right? by doing that. They didn't have a casino planet to visit in this in this episode. All right. <laughs> and why not? They visited everywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> um. But like it got so like fast and choppy that I actually started getting a prequels vibe because <laughs> it often felt like the prequels did that, too. Like it was just like, oh, we're here. Now we need to go here. Now we're over here. Now we need to be over here. Like like when Ben Kenobi was doing his investigation stuff. Yeah. For instance, like Ben Kenobi's doing his stuff while Anakin's doing his stuff. And so there's lots of like cutting and just like, oh, we're on these weird locations. What's happening? And then part of that was like. Maybe this was the case in like seven and eight, and I just don't remember it as much. But C3PO in this felt like really poorly used. Like he's like, oh, like he, this is the only comic relief we have. So we're going to make him seem like he was an attack of the clones, right. which is to say, annoying as hell. <laughs> I, I feel like that's how they've been playing C3PO for the whole new trilogy. He was annoying in the original trilogy, but he's like more like the actual, like the jokes feel like more mean spirited or like he's the actual. Yeah, maybe that's it. (laughs) Yeah. It's not just like, oh, what would you do? How would a British upper class butler respond in this situation right now? It's actually like, oh, he's the target of the jokes. And and yeah. And like you said, in a kind of mean spirited way. They're sick of his crap and they're completely fine with erasing his brain as a result. Yeah. Another change, which doesn't last, <laughs> by the way. Yeah, that one I hated, especially because at least with Chewie, they don't tell you ahead of time that it's not going to matter. But this one, they're like, well, R2-D2 has my memory banks from everything before we came on this adventure. So I'm all backed up. And then you're supposed to care when his memory gets wiped. I'm like, you already <laughs> yeah. told us it's backed up. Well, we know it's coming what? back. Because he only had all that stuff they went through, all that that whirlwind 16 hours definitely wasn't backed up. Well, that's probably some of the most important hours of C3PO's life and, and the important part of their relationship. I'm thinking Alex wishes he backed up his memory before the movie started. <laughs> Wait a second. Is this just rehashing in what empire where he gets chopped up? Is that no, what we're doing there? Cause he's still so instead of being, empire. yeah, but instead of being physically uh, broken apart, he's mentally broken apart. But the thing was, is like having him mentally broken apart, right, is both tragic, but also was actually kind of funny, just the way he's reacting to stuff, right? And in a way that didn't feel as mean-spirited as some of the earlier stuff. But then they're just like, no, we're going to fix that. I smiled at the the joke about how Babu Frick is one of his oldest friends. Right, exactly. Right, yeah. And, you know, it was interesting, too, for how, like, a little bit of weight they placed on shutting it off, shut it, you know, of wiping his memory. Like 
just before Babu Frick does that, he's like, there is one thing I, you know, there is <laughs> one possibility, you know, and then it's like, Pfft. you know, with the whole message where he's like, you know, it's against his programming to speak, what is it, Sith? As as, yeah. as, like, as someone who's not super familiar with any EU stuff since, you know, the Michael P. QB McDowell uh, uh, books or whatever, or the Thrawn trilogy, or, you know, pick pick your old older EU stuff. You didn't even get to New Jedi Order, huh? <laughs> what? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> Give me the Lando Calrissian adventures. <laughs> Tales from the most Eisley Cantina, please. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. that like there being a sith like a forbidden sith language gave me like that real dark elvish vibe and like it made me kind of crave more sith lore which you know that's why they got to release the abrams cut i guess because it probably has more of that so what do you guys think of dark gray dark gray you mean the best five seconds of the whole movie (laughs) (laughs) that's what i was alluding to yeah 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 i i again if we we talk about other possible endings i have like way better endings to this movie but like i was i was hoping that that was what would happen but of course it doesn't because you know you have a possibility to tell a great story and then they just you know oh we'll just do the easy one another thing straight out of lord of the rings right there like when bilbo uh yeah (laughs) grabs for the ring and gets the teeth (laughs) (laughs) like a cross between that scene and any uh smeagol golem scene yeah, but I think after that point, like, when it started to settle down a little bit, like, I didn't hate it as much. I don't know if that was partly because I was just starting to let it kind of wash over me or whatever, but... Or if I was just starting to, like, enjoy the spectacle more. Or maybe the spectacle was more enjoyable at that point. Well, I kind of hate that they went back to the Death Star too, just because it just feels like more fan wank. Um, I liked the lightsaber battle between um, Rey and Kylo. It wasn't a huge battle, but it, you know I enjoyed it. That was my favorite part of the movie. What the Kylo Ren Ray battle? Yeah, yeah, the first. Yeah, yeah. All right. Oh my god! And the ending to that battle was so bad. Oh my god. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. So again, when I like foreshadowing being the absolute worst plot device, right? Yeah. So she impales Kylo Ren, right? Yep. Pulls the lightsaber out, and I'm like, oh, she's gonna heal him just like she healed the snake in the pit that got them out of the thing. On the sand planet. <laughs> yep. Instantly happened. And I'm just Stop. like, that, that scene wouldn't have been there. Why does she heal the snake for no reason? Right? Or they could have just like done something to get it to move out of the way. You know? Still still better than, oh, she has a new force power to heal him out of nowhere, right? True. But it's like, they're just telling you she's going to use that in the future. And oh, wait, she just impaled Kylo Ren. And she's the good character for no reason. She's, oh, I'm good because I'm good. I'm going to heal him. You know, it's just, oh, I, that, yeah, that was terrible. That's she's just... good because Princess Leia believes in her. <laughs> oh, she's got a good, she's got a support system. <laughs> uh, so, so Doug and I developed a, independently a pretty dark theory regarding what's happening around that scene. Yeah. And so obviously in the movie, right, that points the turning point for Kylo in which he realizes, you know what, maybe I've been a bad boy. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's time for me to start working. (laughs) Because bad boys don't work. That's how they live. (laughs) (laughs) They they ride motorcycles and play guitars. Right. (laughs) But... 
there's <laughs> there's the moment before that where Leia basically goes, "Oh hey, it's time. I need to concentrate all my powers." And so she goes and lays on the raw on the bed or rock or whatever the heck it is, and like reaches out to Kylo and like distracts him and that like gets ready to stab him, et cetera, et cetera. Where he goes, oh man, I almost died. I'm on the wrong side. We sort of developed this theory that Kylo Ren doesn't get redeemed. And when Rey stabs him, uh, she kills him. And Pretty that, much. <laughs> and that after that point, Leia is now force possessing Kylo's body <laughs> to help the resistance. <laughs> so she grants kylo like she gives him a vision like a sort of dying vision of his father to get of like a bit of redemption before he dies and then she's controlling the body up after that point and she can do this partly because as we saw in this movie she's had some jedi training so she has some force powers and stuff like that and also that would explain why her body doesn't disappear until kylo dies because now her spirit has left um, the mortal plane. I don't know what it's called in Star Wars terms, right? Right. But now that she's moved on to a force ghost, now her body disappears. Yeah, I like how they had that 30-second Leia training scene, you know. Oh, right, right. Remember, remember that she trained and can do Jedi things. Okay, and back to the movie. <laughs> uh, I actually did hear that that was one of the things that was allegedly cut from this longer version was more Leia training scenes, like backstory. See, I learned all about Leia's training in the Corellian trilogy. I can't Actually, tell if you're goofing not. on me or not. <laughs> Actually, that was probably the wrong book. <laughs> Maybe the courtship of Princess Leia. I don't know. <laughs> Even Shadows of the Empire a little bit. You know, I think I have the Corellian trilogy sitting on my shelf, but I've never actually read it. I started, like many books. Start. <laughs> the words are just so big, right? Yeah. The interesting thing about you, you and Doug's theory too is that that means that Leia was the one who made out with Ray. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Guess it makes slightly more think, sense than uh, Kylo making out with her. Well, well, doesn't doesn't Ray kiss Kylo? Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, yeah. He's, he's he's clearly into it, but she's the one who you know makes right, the, right. the move, right? I can't believe in a movie in 2020 we have unwanted sexual contact. <laughs> <laughs> Kylo in no way consented to that. No, 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 no. It's Ray who wasn't able to consent because she thought she was making out with Kylo yeah. when really this is a revenge of the nerds type situation. <laughs> <laughs> a very problematic so well scene. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> <sighs> I can't decide whether your theory makes this better or worse, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got, don't worry. I've got another theory uh, on a different aspect of the movie to help ruin it for you. Okay. So we introduce Jana and she makes it very clear as if it wasn't, you know, clear enough with Finn that, yeah, all these, all these stormtrooper guys, they're, they're people who, you know, they're, they're people. They're not a bunch of clone troopers. They're, they have consciences. They're not doing the Empire's bidding because they're all on board with the, the Emperor's plans. So there's a throwaway line, I think, in the scene where it's the the bad guy council, where they're talking about how, yeah, and, and all the these... Scene uh, from New Hope. <laughs> yeah. 
all these uh, Star Destroyers that we're not going to explain where who made them are going to improve our powers a hundred thousand fold. It's going to be a challenge manning them all, though. <laughs> so, so if you think about it, and then there, there's additionally another line uh, where we, when we're on Carrie Russell's planet, where she says something about, uh, yeah, the Empire, you know, came through and you know took all of our children. So what we can infer is that you probably had most of a generation of children pressed into service to the empire and they were first order. Oh, sorry. The first order. My bad. I'm still not on board with the first order stuff. It's just, ugh. um, or the final order, I guess at that. Point. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Aren't you? <laughs> order 67. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> They were so close to order 69. <laughs> nice. Oh. So I think we can assume that any able-bodied Imperial personnel are serving on star destroyers, either at Exegol or in orbit around the forest moon of Endor or wherever the other places they showed. And they got rinsed. Those guys got wiped out. The the ending of this movie is on its own responsible for an entire lost generation for the galaxy. That's true. It also brings up something I hadn't thought of either, which is that if this is a pretty, this is an extremely remote, hard to get to Sith planet that has enough people who've been transported there to man <laughs> all of these ships. And yet nobody knows where it is. Yep. There, yep. there you go. There's the rebellion. <laughs> causing mass genocide yet again (laughs) the final order did nothing wrong right (laughs) Uh, except for where they blew up that planet they they built a bunch of ships and blew up one planet so you had to kill every single one of them yeah all right yeah it's that it's that whole reminds me of the jedi order from the prequels that we need to bring balance to the force but we have to kill all the (laughs) Sith. No surrender. That's the thing. No surrender. Yeah. It's balanced when we're the only ones in charge. <laughs> so, yeah, despite the fact that parts of that section don't make any sense if you think about them, I did find myself more or less entertained by the second half of the movie. Like, I was like, yeah, whatever. All right, this is dumb, but I'm enjoying it. There was lots of, uh, like, fan service moments towards the end there that I wasn't even... You know, I was like, uh, you could cringe at this, but I'm just enjoying it for what it is and the warm, fuzzy feeling that it's you know, taking advantage of my uh, nostalgia brain. I mean, I still I thought all the Palpatine stuff was dumb, but I was at least like cheering when Kylo or Ben or whatever we're calling him at that point. Like he gets surrounded by the, the Knights of Ren and he has the little like almost Han Solo grin as he like starts to like cut them up or whatever. The the Ben Solo shrug, yeah, is what they were calling it online. Yeah. I think Ben Solo yeah. challenge, which uh, which I you know I enjoyed that, and I I liked most of that modulo the Palpatine stuff because I didn't really understand the motivation behind him and his Sith choir. So it was just like, all right, see, this is why we need more Sith lore. It's probably in the in the Abrams cut. <laughs> <laughs> They, they actually go into a whole linguistic explanation of the Sith language and all that. 
I mean, I did uh, see people yes. commenting on lines, things to the effect of, oh, a lot of this stuff is explained in like the comic books and the novels and things. And, it's and like, the Fortnite tie-ins. And... Right. And it's like, well, that's a bad strategy. <laughs> <laughs> like, it makes me kind of worried for the future of the MCU. If, you know, it was like, we're going to be expected to have like seen all these TV shows and stuff in order to make any sense of the movies. Yeah. One other, I mean, of the many things I didn't like about this movie, there seemed to be this theme, and I'm not sure why it was there, of I'm here with my friends and we're on some sort of quest, but here, let me go off and do something by myself, and you're not allowed to come along with me for no reason. Like, Ray does that. She's like, oh, sorry, I got to go off this way to do something. And Finn does that at the end where he's, I, I don't remember what he's doing. They're on the surface of the They're the shooting the Phoenix. Right, and he's like, I gotta go off and do this thing, so don't follow me. The other thing that I saw someone point out, too, is like, Rose, specifically in the last movie, kept Finn from sacrificing himself. And here she doesn't care that he decides he wants to go off and do that. (laughs) She's had enough of his shit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you can't change a man. She's actually voluntarily (laughs) not (laughs) having a larger part in this story. (laughs) Also, what's the point of making Finn force sensitive? Um, given that we're ne- like he has to do something. Well, but given that we're basically <laughs> never going to visit these characters again in any like movies, like who cares? Like apparently that was the thing he wanted to tell Ray when they were falling into the quicksand. <laughs> oh, <or> right. <laughs> right. According to the scriptwriter, he was going to be. Oh, I'm force sensitive. Now we're dead. First that's, of all, what? Uh, Second of all, why does it matter? That's like one of those huge gaps that you expect in like a much like a movie with a lot less production budget and oversight than this movie has. Like a line like that that is just not revisited at all. That could easily have been cut. It's just so weird. I'm just picturing him doing a force jump out of the quicksand a la Return of the Jedi. I think like like you said, it could have been a line that could have been just cut. Finn's just a character that could have just been cut from the whole thing. And you wouldn't know that he wasn't there. Like, I just don't understand Finn in the whole. I mean, I like, I like Finn, but I kind of agree that I don't know. I mean, do you like Finn or do you like John Boyega? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's true. Yeah. I, I thought his introduction in the force awakens was great. You know, he's the, you know, this indentured stormtrooper, And then we learn at the end of the first movie, you know, he might be force sensitive, or at least he could wield a lightsaber sort of clumsily. And then they did nothing with it. Right, yeah. I think even they in The Last the Jedi, they didn't do all that. I mean, they did. He was his character didn't develop too much in that, I don't think. I well, will you know, say, though, um, speaking of just like Last Jedi and characters, that it's a testament to how much The Last Jedi sort of made an impact on me. That when Poe showed up at the beginning of this movie in like a position of authority, I was like, why the f*** are you following this guy? He's a dumbass. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And it actually, like, genuinely took me, like, half an hour, I think, to get past that feeling of, this guy sucks. He should not be in charge. (laughs) I think we decided the only real explanation for what happened in The Last Jedi with him was that they are so hurting for leadership that they're willing to accept the fact that he makes stupid decisions. Like, there's nobody else, really, that could have been in line to be general after Leia. Well, as I as I expressed about the previous movie, The Last Jedi was about whittling down the numbers of the rebellion, oh, resistance, sorry, 
until there were few enough of them to fit on the Millennium Falcon. All right. <laughs> so yeah, there's there probably isn't anyone else better. <laughs> oh, but there are lots of them, as we saw at the end of this movie. Oh, <laughs> they yeah. just needed inspiration. Well, right. But, which is they're just uh, so frustrating <laughs> because that's the point of the end of episode eight. Is that this is what Luke is doing? Is he's going to inspire these people, and then they're just like, "No, nope. nah." <laughs> yeah, Lando did it. Yeah, <laughs> Luke, uh, was... we ain't following that guy, but Lando, yeah. yeah. I mean, Lando always was the charismatic one, really. Yeah. You know, so. uh, and my autograph probably shot up in value. So, nice. <laughs> you've got a Billy D. Williams autograph. Yeah, and a picture with him from oh, uh, awesome. from when I was a freshman in high school, cool. and he was at the Novi Comic Con. Huh? Yeah, it was it was sweet. All right, so other things that bothered me. <laughs> Let's go down the list. Um, I actually found the Leia scenes fairly ghoulish. <laughs> <laughs> I I think if they had limited it to like one or two scenes, it might have been okay. But because they kept going back to her and because it was very it became very obvious that not only had she not filmed these scenes, but in many cases, she wasn't even in that backdrop. Like you could tell she'd been um, whatever the equivalent of blue screened in is that I just it really sort of put me off. There's one conversation that Ray has with Leia where Ray basically has to do all the lifting of the conversation about like saying like, well, I should do this, but maybe I shouldn't, or I'm going to go here and I'm not certain. And literally all Leia says is things like, what? No, tell me. Right. <laughs> and I just was like, this is, I was actually really put off by that, that scene in particular where I was like, this doesn't feel right to me. Did anyone else get that feeling or was that just me? I would have preferred her not to have been in the movie sadly i mean if you don't have enough footage to actually make something work like why i think it's yeah even more dis- i think it's more disrespectful to her memory to have this stuff in if it doesn't work and to try to force it to work instead of just saying okay well we're gonna have to go a different way with it like i said that when in the when we did this about the last movie they had a perfect opportunity with like carrie fisher's passing to have princess leia die in the movie right but now she's just gonna force walk from space back onto the ship and be alive <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know she, she could have just died there you could have had uh what is laura dern's character take over right she then yeah. you know hyperspaces herself and then pose in charge and we're in the exact same spot that we were at in this mm-hmm. movie like, you're actually probably in a more interesting spot almost because now you really do have like like you're basically decimated and you have no like authority to draw on like strategically or anything right right exactly that would explain why people wouldn't want to join them if the only leadership they have is that idiot (laughs) poe honestly yeah yeah Yeah. they would have they would have been in a lot better shape with laura dern i hate to say it but i think you're right yeah i mean she could have been in this movie because she's fantastic Mm -hmm. and then we haven't really talked about the thing that i couldn't decide if i hated it or not but that's the what do you think about Ray's heritage? I knew I was going to hate this movie unless Ray's parents were filthy junk traders who sold her for drinking money. If that wasn't exactly who her parents were, I was going to hate this. So Had to be for the drinking yeah. money. It huh? did. Yep. Well, and then Kylo's like, well, technically I was right. 
<laughs> Technically, I wasn't lying to you because they really did sell you or whatever no, his explanation no. was. <laughs> no, no, no. Kylo Ren wasn't, could not have possibly telling the truth of knowing how it was because even after that movie, the writers didn't know what it was going to be <laughs> going into this movie. I know. <laughs> well, they spun the wheel and they settled on... <laughs> Palpatine. <laughs> <laughs> and we have, we spin the wheel, we have a Palpatine hidden planet building Star Destroyers. All right. <laughs> I mean, the other thing that bothered me about that was that it sort of negates one of the main themes of Last Jedi. Right. Like one of the main themes of Last Jedi, whether or not you liked or hated the movie, right? Like the point is that the Jedi aren't really anything special. The power of greatness can come from anyone, right? That's the whole point of like the kid at the end with the broom and stuff, right? Is that you don't have to be special to be in touch with the Force or whatever, right? And so Rey is sort of the epitome of that, right? Because her parents were no one, but she's still chock full of midi chlorians or whatever <laughs> yeah we're back to the <laughs> it's just all all genetic birthright midi chlorians that's what it all comes down to right and then this movie's I like mean, no p.s you have to be someone great otherwise you're right. you're pond scum right it's exactly the succession of the great the most powerful jedi it's like palpatine skywalker uh palpatine uh bush obama bush <laughs> Uh, and, uh, uh, Skywalker again, right? Because she changes her name. <laughs> Forgot about uh, Mecca Cheney. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's more machine than man now. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. I gotta say, I didn't particularly like that. And it felt really clumsily handled, too. Like you were saying with the whole, like, Kylo, like, no, I wasn't lying. I just made the really weird. I created a really weird position, <laughs> but I'm not like clever enough to reference Ben Kenobi's certain point of view comments. <laughs> <laughs> Kylo Ren telling Ray, from my point of view, your parents were junk traders. <laughs> <laughs> I have an alt- the alternate ending theory that I would have appreciated. Yes. Oh yeah. Um, we should probably talk a little bit about the ending since we kind of have, but we haven't. Yeah, yeah. I I wouldn't like again. I it's it's that that whole J.J. Abrams has this excellent chance to tell a story and then just goes with like the super safe route. And it's like you at the the very ending. So they they could have had this like incredible plot twist, right? Kylo has the conversation with the Force Ghost of Han and realizes he could be good, and then just decides, all right, I'm gonna follow the good Jedi path, and then Ray could have just killed Palpatine and then become the Sith leader. And we just have evil Ray and they've both now just become on the opposite sides again. And then you could just leave it as some cliffhanger for some future story of how now Ray's the leader of the Sith. Hmm. And Kylo Ren may have to like gain the trust of the rebellion to try to like, after realizing the good side, what he, of his wrongs of his past. But now we just get Ray who, you know, I only do good. Oh, I won. <laughs> you know, I didn't kill you. You killed you as Adam had to explain to me earlier. You know. <laughs> Stop hitting <Yeah>. yourself. Stop <laughs> hitting yourself. Right. Yeah. Like you did that. You're the Sith leader now. Look, Look it's me. it's simple math. Look at me. One I'm lightsaber good. absorbs lightning energy. Two lightsabers 
reflect lightning energy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's uh, that's Jedi science. <laughs> Not to be confused with what, what did they say? Like dark science or something like that. Did, did you guys catch that line? <laughs> I did don't not. think so. Do you know what they're, they're like? How is Palpatine alive or something? And they're like dark science. And I was like, Ooh, <laughs> tell me more. Like <laughs> you could make a movie out of this. How is Palpatine still alive? That's, that's a secret. The Jedi wouldn't tell you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it was dark science. I can't remember exactly what scene it is. That's different from weird science. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could, it could, it could be. I mean, dark science can be weird. There's a Venn diagram. <laughs> weird and dark. J.J. Mm. Abrams using the computer to create the uh, head bad guy of his dreams. Yeah. Oh, it was it was Beaumont Kin Dominic Monaghan that that said the dark science thing. Oh, okay. well, I guess the best line. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was cool. Like there was all, you know, like the language, the dark science, like I feel like there's there was like more there would have been better with, you know, giving us a little more of that of that Sith lore. So did anyone else feel that the very very end scene where she takes where Ray takes Luke and Leia's lightsabers to a place that both of them would probably hate and never want to go back to. <laughs> um, had, had Leia ever been there? Yeah, yeah she was chained Leia. up by Jabba. <laughs> All right, that's right. I was trying to think of like, a time where Leia had, but, but Leia had never been to like the moisture farm, right? No, but she clearly, obviously, would have been her favorite planet since she had such happy memories there. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I know like, that yeah, someone I, had I, cleaned up the skeletons. See, that's that's the kind of roasted you need to ensure that the characters are dead for the audience. <laughs> <laughs> but I just felt like the, her calling herself Skywalker to me felt like this weird justification for naming the movie. Like they named the movie first, got to the end and then we're like, oh, wow, we have to explain this. What do we do? <laughs> Right, but then it shows the forced ghost of her parents, Luke and Leia. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just, I didn't buy that. Did you at least like her lightsaber? Uh, The gold lightsaber? It was fine. Yeah, the the yellow one, yeah. Yeah, it was fine. I was like, okay, cool, new lightsaber. Yeah, she finally became a Jedi Knight. Finally made her own lightsaber. Is that the the final exam? Wasn't that... Why uh, Luke had the green lightsaber? No, oh, he has the green lightsaber because he loses the blue one when Darth Vader cuts his hand off. Mm. It is anyway. a rite of passage. Yeah. Anyway, did that bother anyone else or was it just me? It, I don't think it was the worst choice that could have been made, but it, not nearly the best. I mean, I did yeah. notice that was... At least a, she wasn't like, nobody's my name. <laughs> I did notice that was a template on prequel memes, at least for a little bit. Was her calling herself random other things? <laughs> Ray the Wise. Yeah. Ray Wise. Junior. <laughs> right. Like I don't I don't I guess I don't mind the idea of Leia being a Jedi. I think it actually kind of makes sense, especially if, you know, you have to have been born into it, but it's like they do all the work, like, oh, here's her lightsaber, and you can have her lightsaber now. And it feels like it's just for that scene at the end, so she can bury the lightsaber. 
And, and so they can have both Force Ghosts. As a Force Ghost. Right, right. Why didn't we get Force Ghost Kylo? Because uh, he's not dead. Because he's not I, dead. Because no one's ever dead. He's got the same fate as Leia. His body literally disappeared. Yeah, yeah. just like Leia and Luke. <laughs> you think that's going to stop <laughs> JJ, Adam? That doesn't mean <laughs> that you're dead, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, well, uh, disappearing is one of the two ways. You can be charred or you can be disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> I had heard that there was at one point there were going to be like a whole bunch of force ghosts. And then they decided to pare it down to just Luke and Leia because they were her adoptive parents or something. That was the rationale. They didn't want to do like the whole we are the world of force ghosts at the end. Like, <laughs> I don't know. We're talking about the same people. Who we got thought, all Anakin's, you know. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> yeah. No, no, Liam Neeson. I mean, got, he was he was yep. in the credits. Yeah, he is. I heard his voice. Yeah, I <laughs> I did not watch the credits. So I I mean we're talking I watched about through the cast. So. We're talking about the same people who thought jars of pee called grandma's peach tea was a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Batman Superman reference. <laughs> yeah, there's a franchise where they they showed no compunctions whatsoever about killing off major characters. You know, like like Jimmy Olsen and uh, yeah. Lex Luthor's right hand woman in the scene you oh, just yeah. referenced. Whereas in this, it's just like, yeah, no, we're we're not going to bother to you know kill off anyone other than Admiral Snackbar and possibly Neen Nunb. <laughs> okay, what did you think about the kiss, though? No, I don't give a shit about that. Let's not talk about that. Okay, let's unless talk you really, about it. Unless let's you talk care about, about it. it. All right, then talk talk away. I'm a very mild Raylo shipper, so. Oh, are you? Okay. A little bit. I, I was not. Um, like, I mean, fact, I know my reaction when they kissed was like, finally, get it over with. But <laughs> I agree it didn't feel particularly natural. I feel like I, I liked it, but at the same time, all I could, the terrible thing was like, all I could think about was like, I wonder, oh, this is going to be a big thing on the internet. And it was distracting. And I hate it. Watch it. I, like, I hate movies now. <laughs> Your brain is so broken. It's like, I, I got to go. I got to take a break, go live in a cabin and just watch movies and not think about what, what ways people will react to them. Do not look so, at John Boyega's social media. <laughs> I think what sums it up for me is there was a meme and I forget exactly what it, you know, how it put it, but it was talking about what a great relationship they had set up and it showed a picture of Ray strapped to a table and Kylo Ren standing over her. <laughs> and then like the scene where Ray's <laughs> impaling him with her lightsaber <laughs> and like the different battles that they've had. And I'm like, yeah, that's, I guess that's what passes for romance in these movies is they had scenes together. See, now I want the soundtrack to this movie to include kiss with a fist by Florence and the machine. <laughs> it's uh, I guess at that point too, I don't, I didn't know how they had established it as any different than say like a brother and sister relationship or like just really closely connected friends. So there was no romance. Well, that's like, where's the romance the that happened you, before that? That's, that's how brothers and sisters that. do it in the star Wars <laughs> universe. <laughs> So you didn't really feel any sort of tension between uh, Ray and Ren in any of those scenes. Tension, I guess, not like romantic tension. See, it's this like is the, the tension of ideas. This is the only and... aspect of the movie 
this did not throw away what Ryan Johnson built, and you guys are still mad about it. <laughs> I'm not mad about it. I'll, uh, I, I think my overall feeling on it, having saw it in the theater twice with one day in between. My initial viewing, I actually quite enjoyed it. My main problem with it was that I felt like it was just trying to pack every single thing into, you know, a tight whatever two two hours and change. And it just like moved really fast and, you know, was a little bit jarring in that way. You know, moved lots of different locations, lots going on. But in the end I thought it was good and entertaining. The the second time through even without like I didn't even have time to go I didn't like go home and you know think about it too much or or uh read a lot of think pieces or anything but the second time I watched it I just feel like I was seeing a lot more things than I'm like oh that was that could have been done better or like that doesn't make any sense for the plot for that person to think this way or do this thing but you know I still thought it was all right I thought it was a good you know take it in without thinking too hard and then you know don't watch it too many times after that uh this is basically retcon the movie there's no consequences to anything and the movie just proves it to us again and again like oh well we're gonna destroy a planet let's we better make it the planet that we just introduced right not anything anyone cares about and oh the emperor's dead except he's not dead and kylo's dead except he's not dead and chewie's dead except he's not dead right Carrie Russell's character dies on a planet, except no, she doesn't. Except no, she doesn't. C-3PO got deleted, but except he's going to be okay. All right. We had this entire movie before this, which we're going to completely ignore. So it's like, why do I care about anything anymore? I mean, when we say that, oh, well, Kylo's dead because he disappeared. Well, is he? Who knows? Maybe he'll be back. Maybe that's something that Jedi can do now, right? They can heal people. <laughs> they can come back from the dead because Kylo's the first one to do it in the next movie. Like the Palpatine Kylo saga. Or well, Darth Plagueis. Well, we didn't see him disappear, yeah. but yeah. I mean, really, chrono- chronological movie release, it was Obi-Wan. You know, so there was a time when we didn't know what a Force ghost was. <laughs> that that might have seemed kind of cheap at the time. You know, Luke, you so try not to judge present, present day too much. Well, anyway, this movie is designed to make me not care about it. They go to great <laughs> efforts to make sure that nothing sticks. So I don't like it. Nothing no, sir. matters. I don't like it. <laughs> Alex? Oh, boy. This movie? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. This, this, the, it just reinforces my hatred of how movies are made nowadays. It's just the absolute epitome of that. It's, oh, the characters. I hate the characters. Like, I hate all the main characters. I, I said, I, I told Adam before this I at can, one point. I can literally hear you burying your face in your hands <laughs> yeah 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 i i like i i probably i said i wouldn't have been happy with this movie if ray lives and finn lives and poe lives i would not, I, I need all three of them to die and kylo ren to live and the exact opposite happened <laughs> well, or had the different results like it was just like there's just no good end to this i just oh it, it was a, a complete waste of two and a half hours i just Oh my god! It's not as bad as the Last Jedi, but it, it's it's I'll I'll take Jar Jar Banks over any of these people. Like, <laughs> no. oh. like oh, I just I just can't stand Ray and can't stand Finn and just hate Poe. Like it's oh. at least like and Kyle Ren's not even the great character. But at least there was you know in this trilogy there was some 
conflict within his character. Some conflict, you know, only mildly interesting character. I just, again, like as Charlie said, I, I don't care about what happens. Like, I don't care. I, it's like it's like when your parents tell you that they're not mad, they're just disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you want to tell JJ. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, it's just bad. I just, that, like, I, I, I now know how, like, Game of Thrones fans feel. Everything leads up to an ending, which is so terrible that it ruins the rewatch value of everything before it. <laughs> Doug? Um, well, I mean, I was I was entertained, but as we already established, a lot of that's just due to spectacle. And certainly there were a decent amount of it was, was good. Like, I liked Kylo Ren. I liked Ray. Hated Poe. <laughs> but overall, like, the pacing was absolutely terrible the the plotting had major issues like as i as i uh, was joking with adam right after seeing the movie uh yeah so uh, we've got miniaturized death star technology now if they'd uh you know done a fourth movie in the skywalker saga i'm sure we would have gotten to see a miniaturized star killer base weapon destroying multiple planets with a single star destroyer Ugh. overall the issue I have with it is that none of this feels like canon. It feels like fan fiction. This movie is pretty much a mediocre fan fiction script that they actually filmed. As much as the things I liked about it make me want to like this film, I just can't do it. It, it just slips over into the bad side of the knife's edge. Oh yeah, and, and the Resistance are a bunch of genocidal maniacs. <laughs> <laughs> there is that. So a few weeks ago at this point, so today that we're talking is January 10th, 2020. You're welcome, Charlie. Um, <laughs> three weeks since release. Yeah. So a few weeks ago at this point, um, Martin Scorsese made headlines for talking about the Marvel movies and basically saying that they were, they weren't really movies, quote unquote, they were like theme park rides. You know, they took you on an adventure, but nothing meaningful or worthwhile happened in them. And I felt at the time and still feel that that did something of a disservice to the Marvel movies, because while they are designed to be, you know, crowd pleasing spectacles, right? There is change that happens. They do do interesting things, right? It's not always just return to the status quo at the end, but watching rise of Skywalker, like I connected on a pretty visceral level with what Scorsese was getting at with regards to these movies. And that we went through them, and by the end of this movie, I was like, yeah, you know, I enjoyed that. I was pretty entertained. I was entertained like I was on a theme park ride. We went on this trip, and we came back, and we ended right where we started. And it was kind of like, well, that was fun, but I don't understand what the point was. And as much as people crap on the, the prequels for being poorly made and being all kinds of weird and, you know, being obsessed with like galactic politics that we don't as an audience really care about. There at least is a pretty clear, like story point, like a through line of like, this is the story that Lucas wants to tell. And whether or not he does a decent job of telling that is obviously up for debate, but you know, you can at least see what he's getting at, but it feels to me frequently in the sequel trilogy that it's just the product of corporate America. And that we need to appeal to the widest amount of people. We can't possibly offend anyone. And so rather than make movies, we're just going to make product. 
And so what that means is that no chances get taken. So there were moments in this movie and in the previous movie where it seemed like the interesting thing to do would be, for instance, to have Ray turn to the dark side. And then whether she stays there or whether she gets redeemed at the end, you know, depending on the storyline, whatever. But the movie plays it too safe because Ray's the heroine and we couldn't possibly do that and upset kids or whatever. But it sometimes does feel like these were focus group to death. So having Force Awakens doing the standard J.J. Abrams, I'm going to set up mysteries that I don't know what the resolution is going to be. And then Last Jedi comes along and says, you know what? I think the interesting thing to do is not to answer those mysteries, but just to say those mysteries aren't important. This is what's really important, which is itself is, you know, whether or not you agree with that. Right. That's at least a position. It's taking a stance. Right. Whether or not you liked what The Last Jedi did to Luke Skywalker. Right. At least it did something with him, with his character. And then Rise of Skywalker, rather than building on that and saying, "Okay, well, now that you've essentially given me your version of mystery boxes, let me try and, you know, build off those. It says, I don't like what you did, so I'm going to ignore that and go back to my mystery boxes because I like them better. And it becomes very clear that there's no overarching storyline or theme or direction to these movies and whether that's because jj abrams is a let's put this politely uh is a much better director than he is storyteller um (laughs) whether that's because disney was doing had a whole bunch of corporate interference because they were worried about the bottom line because they paid four billion dollars for star wars or whatever it was it just it's deeply unsatisfying if if this were a ride at Disneyland, you know what? It'd be like, okay, that was fun. I enjoyed that. But as movies, you you want it leaves you wanting a lot more. Do you feel like Star Wars needs like a Kevin Feige to take control of it and give it direction, or do you think more like separate visions, like for individual movies? The Kevin Feige thing's sort of interesting, but I kind of wonder if he was in a unique position because he'd already been building like a successful franchise before Disney came along. Hmm. And so they were kind of content to let him go. Well, you seem to know what you're doing. So we'll let you take care of that. And then we'll only occasionally interfere. And then we'll talk, we'll get to that when we talk about things like age of Ultron, but (laughs) which is probably the most obvious um, victim of not actually Disney interference. I think that was actually Marvel interference, but regardless, I don't know if it just needs that so much as it needs Disney being willing to say, Let's take a risk. All the Disney Star Wars movies have played it really, really safe, right? Like seven is just a rehash of four. Eight actually does some interesting things and takes chances. And in my opinion, which I know is by no means universal. In fact, I know Alex disagrees with me on this, but is probably the most interesting of these three movies and probably the one I'm most likely to want to rewatch. But even that movie, right, like doesn't take the chances that it should take far and away. The interest, the most interesting potential path that eight could have taken would be to see a disillusioned Luke Kylo being sort of like, come to the dark side, babe. Right. Like would lead Ray to go, you know what? I am going to join the dark side. And then rise of Skywalker could be her redemption. And that I think would be interesting, but because as we said before, Disney doesn't want to take that chance. Instead, you get the safe version. So if you had Disney willing to give directors the opportunity to actually take chances instead of focus grouping it to death or that feeling, then I think that might be sufficient. I don't know if you need a 
an equivalent of Kevin Feige overseeing the whole thing. But if you're going to make a trilogy, I think you need someone to have at least an idea of where you're going rather than just the lost. To have a trilogy, you mean you had to have like written all three of them maybe at one time? like. Or at least like storyline them like this is what I want to happen here. This is what I want to happen here. This is ultimately where we want to end up. Right. Yeah. Well, I hope someday your dream will become a reality, Adam, which it it will most certainly not. (laughs) (laughs) So do you disagree with me then? That's oh, I no, no, I totally agree with you, but it's never going to happen. I mean, as long as Disney continues to make you know hundreds of millions, if not billions, of dollars each time they release a movie. Well, except like you get frozen too. Well, we've already (laughs) seen them change course once with the Star Wars stuff because Solo underperformed. And Rise of Skywalker, I think this past weekend had just a ridiculously huge drop. Like it's it's it doesn't have the staying power. But do you think that getting a director or writer with a unique vision is going to be their solution to it? I don't think so. I don't think they're capable of that. Yeah, I don't think so. I agree that that is a solution. I don't think it's going to happen. I'd love to see way more frequent, lower budget uh, Star Wars movies. Each one unique in its own way, telling a different story. You know, they should make one about they should make one about Han Solo's backstory. <laughs> uh, like, how did he get his name? Oh my god! I want to I want to see an adaptation of Shadows of the Empire as well. I would. Oh yeah, that was my look, other complaint. Look, that was my other complaint look. about these movies is that they don't give Leia, Luke, Han, Lando, Chewie. They don't give them all their own scene together. Basically, right. It's like you never actually get to see them interact with each other in any meaningful way. Oh, that's mm. true, yeah. But but it's like it's like they wanted to introduce their own characters, but because they tied them to the previous characters and we already care about the previous characters, like that instantly like ruined any chance we had of being interested in the new characters because we're like, when are they gonna get to the fireworks factory? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I realize not everyone is going to agree with me on this, but this whole discussion at the end here really really makes me want to rewatch rogue one <laughs> yeah there's a possibility that rogue one may be the best because that actually Disney Star I, I really Wars did movies. enjoy did, that a lot but it did a lot of you know did pretty good action and i very much appreciated that most of the characters didn't get a lot of backstory they just sort of showed up you know did their thing and then everyone died <laughs> Yeah, I didn't that's that's really what care for Rogue One. If we remember the uh, ratings episode, so yeah. <laughs> I didn't. I, yeah. I I do recall. That's yeah. why. That's partly why I said not everyone's going to agree. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The I appreciate the setting opinion. Descent. Yeah. Which uh, which of the Disney Star Wars movies would you think is the best? Then seven. Yeah, seven. It just because seven's more just the direct remake of four. Yeah. Yeah. Like, which is fine. And it's okay for that younger generation to have a direct remake of that movie that may more apply to them. Right. I still, again, having all my issues with the characters from the, the sequel trilogy, like that's easily the best movie of the ones that have been made since then. Also, I didn't even see solo. Like I won't watch it. So like I have better things to do with time than watch that movie. So like uh-huh. I could do nothing and probably be better off. So solo you could probably is a- engage in self-harm like going to see cats and be better off <laughs> probably yeah, yeah 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 solo is a decent movie that collapses under the sheer amount of fan wank yeah with that terrace Cassie reference Ooh. yeah <laughs> i didn't mind Where it, but, just, you know. it, it just feels <laughs> the need to explain to over explain everything 
Like, did you know that apparently everything important that happened in Han Solo's life happened in like a two week period? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not true. That's not true. They didn't have him meet Jabba the Hutt, did they? No, he was going to go do that at the end or something. Ah. <laughs> Gross. Honestly, what the Disney movies need to do is completely leave this like 30 to 40, however many years between episode one and nine. Just like leave that time period completely behind and just do something completely new just in the same universe. Yeah. I think so like Knights of the Old Republic. Knights of the Old Republic or some other like time period like that or Frickin' jump far into the future where the Skywalkers are a legend. Ah. You know, stop exploring the same basic time period. So, like, not that long ago in a galaxy far, far away. (laughs) (laughs) A long time ago, but not as long. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I was thinking that uh, episode nine should have actually, instead of a long time ago, it should have actually opened with the George Santayana quote. That was just, those who don't remember the past are condemned to repeat it. Star Wars. (laughs) Well, I guess that about wraps it up for this edition of the Gobeski Wallace Report. I did forget one thing, though. Yeah, I know you did. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We do need Charlie to sing a song about the. uh, (laughs) (laughs) About what? The uh, the sequel trilogy. When a problem comes wrong. Sing a song about it. When I'm on the podcast, I have to sing a song about it. In the middle of a sentence, sing a song about it. Da na 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 na. Sing a song about it. Da na 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 na. Sing a song about it. There we go. Okay. Rank, rank the Disney movies in song. Yeah. Uh, what song? You're just ranking the yeah. Just rank the Disney movies. What 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 uh? What can he sing this to the tune of? You could try the Imperial March. Wow, that's a good one. All right. <clears throat> All right. Well, you can't just say the names and numbers. Like, you got to give a little bit more than that because otherwise <laughs> it's going to be done in 10 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he was shooting for. <laughs> uh, okay. J.J. Abrams screwed the pooch in episode nine. <laughs> Rogue One was all right, but I didn't care about the characters. Solo was a fan wank, and The Force Awakens was pretty good. It was a good revisit to the stories that we're used to. Still, The Last Jedi has the best, is the second best movie overall, and definitely the best of the Disney ones that there have been so far. Maybe sometime they'll take more chances, but I doubt it. It's our hope that in the future we'll get something worth seeing. Our new hope. Our new hope, yep. Alright, but you gotta sing the actual ranking now. Because I don't know what order those are in. The- oh, from worst to best. Alright, <laughs> All right, so Wait, it was... Solo's I'll better than Rogue One for you? Uh, Yeah, it was. Although I should revisit Rogue One, probably. Because everyone seems to disagree with me there. But I practically well, slept through that movie. You're also an idiot for putting 8 above 4, so... can't believe you stand by that yeah that's insane you're insane strike three friendship over (laughs) well we had a good run the go basketballs report for another edition the last edition the final Final order order. (laughs) (laughs) i'm charlie wallace adam go thanks to our uh three guests alex clark 
All right, thank you. Paul Wilcox. A great time as always. Doug, go basket. I had fun. And then here's where we say something so that the the uh, outro can fade in. That's our show. Don't forget, you can check us out on Facebook, just like the Gobeski Wallace Report, and you can also follow us on Twitter, at GW Report. And check out our website, thegobeskywallacereport.com. That's probably the important bit. Well, yeah, I guess all the other links are there, so if you remember <laughs> one thing, remember that. Not your name, but GobeskiWallaceReport.com. <laughs> More important than your name. So this movie didn't have Nick Cage in it, so that means no Tony? Tony, I'm not sure, has seen more than four, five, (laughs) and maybe seven. But he doesn't understand any of the prequel memes. That's a whole world of memes he can't access. It is. But he understands all the memes about memes, and he probably has seen most of the prequels in memes form. (laughs) Right. That's that's what I was going to (laughs) say. By the way, I've seen on YouTube, there's like a video. It's like the prequels, but just the memes. (laughs) (laughs) Which at this point is like probably a decent chunk of the movie. (laughs) I like the quotes that are so short that you can't even tell they're from the prequels.